You're listening to Love Starts Here, a podcast for smart, successful women who are ready to finally have the love they want and deserve. Whether your relationship status is single, dating, or it's complicated, this podcast is exactly what you need to take your love and life to the next level. And now, here's your host, certified love and life coach, Melissa Snow. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Love Starts Here podcast. I'm Melissa Snow, and today I am joined by Megan Wex. I'm so excited. She is a certified dating and relationship coach. She's an author, she's a speaker, and she created the Man Funnel Method. So she helps successful, high-achieving women find lasting love. Welcome to the program, Megan. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here, Melissa, and I love your podcast. It's just so helpful. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to learn more about you and what you do. And of course, the man funnel technique. So before we dive in, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about you and how you got to this place and what you do? Well, I'm here because I was no expert at love and to become an expert at anything, you really need to make uh, every mistake known that is available to you to become that expert. So really at some point I took a long, hard look in the mirror and realized that I was that common denominator in all of my failed relationships, Melissa. So I started my personal development journey, which began with mentors in the dating space and what I found And I wonder if your experience is similar. When I opened that Pandora's box of information, I was just blown away. And I couldn't believe that this wealth of information wasn't available to young ladies who were trying to navigate even boys growing up and men in their early years. Um, And so I became so intrigued, so obsessed. I ultimately changed my entire career to help women have success in, in love. I love that. And tell us about your own love life. Cause I like your story too. Well, I was dating in Manhattan. I was pounding those pavements looking for love and everything in my life other than romantically was, you know, <laughs> was in good shape, but for whatever the reason I could meet men, but I couldn't keep them around after I looked within and learned that there were other ways to approach Um, and orchestrate your love life. There actually are better ways you can um, show up and become more authentically you and even a bit of strategy, although people don't like that word when it comes (laughs) to love. Um, Everything changed for me. And then like the men that I was dating, they all wanted something real with me and I became like able to choose. And so at one point I decided that it was really my year for love. And I started dating like a well-oiled machine very methodically and put all of my personal development into play. And that's when I met my now husband, Joshua, who proposed in under six months and we will be married eight years this summer. Oh, I love that. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So I think that it's funny that you say that about being methodical in dating because I teach a very specific method for evaluating your dates. And I always tell my clients, like, listen, I know evaluations are not sexy. (laughs) Like, I know this is not fun and romantic and what you thought dating was going to be, but there are certain things that you have to do and steps that you have to take and things that you have to evaluate. Otherwise you're just continuing to do the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And we all know what that is. 
A thousand percent. I love that you give them specific checklists and a way to evaluate the candidates. I say candidates because I have a background in recruitment, but it's like there's so many transferable skills. And it's exactly what you're saying, Melissa. It takes that electric spark of romance sometimes out of those initial stages that women absolutely are addicted to. Mm-hmm. They love it. We've seen it in, in fairy tales. We've seen it in movies. We think that's how healthy love is supposed to start, right? But in actuality, once we get attached and we get attached by moving quickly and becoming intimate, um, once we get attached, we don't have a clear head. We're not choosing from a clear head space, right? What do you think about that? I totally agree. Yeah. And I think that not only does that impact women at the beginning of the relationship, but it also impacts the longevity of the relationship because I don't know about you for, but for me, I had so many relationships that lasted between like two and seven months (laughs) because at some point between two and seven months, that excitement and that spark and that newness and all of that kind of wore off. And I thought that's what love felt like. And so when that wore off, I was like, okay, I don't think I'm in love anymore. Goodbye. <laughs> wow, and I re- so you were the heartbreaker more so than the heartbreaky. <laughs> I mean, I did plenty of both, but I remember my mom telling me at one point that something happens when you're in a long-term relationship with the right person where Yes, you don't have as many butterflies as you did before, but you kind of replace those with other things that you didn't have in those butterfly relationships, like consistency and safety and security and comfort. And that was really helpful advice for me. That's really beautiful. Uh, Kudos to your mom. My mom (laughs) said to me, Megan, how come these men can just leave you so easily? And I'm like, isn't that what's supposed to happen in dating? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what I call that is the slow burn relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's what Melissa and I want for you. We want you to take it a little slower in the beginning, qualify the, the people properly, make sure that the values and goals are in line. And then get to know the person through shared vulnerability, mutual respect. And guess what? That spark grows into a flame over years. I mean, I'm still falling in love with Josh and it's just beautiful. For sure. Yeah. I think I can't remember if I just came up with this analogy because I'm really smart or if I saw it on your website and I'm just pretending that it's (laughs) mine. But when you're saying that, it's totally making me think of like building a fire. And I don't know if you watch Survivor, but they do the fire challenge and they have to build the fire as fast as they can. And Mm -hmm. the ones who blow it are always the ones who get really excited when they see a spark. And so they start like putting stuff on their flyer and blowing on it and doing all the things. And then when they do that, the fire goes out (laughs) and that's like a good analogy. analogy. It's so true. I always say to my clients, like, don't put the umbrella and the coffee and the purse on a table that doesn't have legs yet. Right. 100%. So we're alluding to it a little bit, but what do you think is the number one mistake that women are making in dating right now? It's over commitment. It's getting your expectations beyond where the relationship actually is. And this is so damaging to your process because when you 
commit in your head to a man, how much time can that take away? Let's like do a little math, Melissa. Like when you get attached to a man and, and you have those, like those horse blinders on that really block you from seeing anything from your left and your right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, how much time are you seeing like on your end with your clients when someone's like really attached to a man, what does that do to them and their process overall? Yeah. I mean, I think it depends on the client, but I do see a lot of women who put all of their eggs in one basket and not even just dating wise, but now all of a sudden we're not hanging out with our friends. We're not doing the hobbies that we like. We're not, you know, in book club anymore, like whatever it is, because Mm -hmm. we're just all in with this one guy. Exactly. And, you know, I call that linear dating versus the man funnel method. And there's a difference. Linear dating is when we are, you know, let's say we're swiping, we're out there on Bumble and we find a guy that we're excited about. And he wants to get, he wants like openly after the second date, he really wants to get off the apps and he wants you to agree to do the same. And he'll do this subtly, like, oh, I got off Bumble. Like, what about you? Mm -hmm. And they expect you to not be seeing anyone else, not exploring your options. And he is getting ahead of himself oftentimes. And he doesn't know you well enough to decide to be exclusive. But then you're getting excited because your goal was to have this boyfriend, okay? And what I'm here to to tell you all is that having a boyfriend is not the win. (laughs) The win is qualifying that man over time to make sure that he's a viable life partner. Mm -hmm. And we can't figure that out in one to three to even five dates because, you know, we all know of those people who intuitively know that they've met the one on day one. And mind you, that does happen. But if you are someone who has had a bit of trouble with choosing men and remaining in relationships, that is not the path for you. I mean, what do you think, Melissa? I agree with you, obviously. And I think that you're right that a lot of women think that having the boyfriend is the finish line and they're not wrong. I mean, that is ultimately what they want is the long-term relationship. It's just that Often, I think my clients at least are so excited (laughs) when they find someone who seems like they might qualify or even if they don't qualify, but they're really into you. Like that was me a lot of times. It wasn't like I thought about, do you meet my criteria? I was just like, oh, he's really into me. All right, let's do this thing. Mm, I see. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So how does the man funnel technique help with that? What's the difference between linear dating and the man funnel method? Sure. Well, for my clients, the goal isn't necessarily long-term relationship. It's really finding their person um, for that formal commitment within that that same year. Just like I was able to do, I knew I wanted marriage, not a long-term boyfriend. And actually I used those words when I was dating Josh. Mm -hmm. Um, Therefore, if we are looking for that formal commitment, AKA engagement or marriage, having the boyfriend is not the goal. Ultimately there is a step before formal commitment, which is exclusivity, Mm -hmm. but I don't want you to jump into exclusivity until you know a few things. And here's my exclusivity checklist that you have a similar timeline and 
he wants what you want. So similar goal. And of course, lastly, that he wants that with you. And then the bonus one is, and it, and it feels right. So all of those things, I want you to qualify over time. And Melissa, you hit the nail on the head with consistency. How is he showing up consistently over time? Now is your chance in the, what I call the exploratory phase, which is the first few months before exclusivity, which differentiates the man funnel method from the linear method of dating, where we observe the man without getting ahead of ourselves energetically from our expectations. This helps so much the way we're showing up. It also helps him to feel intrigued rather than smothered. So how do we stop ourselves from getting so excited and going all in. It's the the first way that we do this. The way we stop ourselves from going all in is very simple awareness. You need to observe not only the men, but how are you showing up? Are you like, I have a client I was talking to yesterday and we're swiping on Bumble and she's seeing things in his profile. And the way she's communicating to me is like, I can tell in her head. And I think women are biologically designed to do this, but she's just like designing the relationship. And I'm like, let's just start with, you know, let's just start with a conversation. Hmm. And then she's like, once she's crossing her fingers, like, okay, I hope he writes back. And I, and I said, listen, it's not about hoping. It's not about riding the highs and lows and the expectations, the emotional roller coaster of dating. It's about doing your part, respond to the message and then move on and look for Mr. Next. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of what I teach my clients is about separating out the fact from the story, which I think is a lot of what you're saying. It's like, He's the fact is he's either going to respond or he's not. (laughs) And we can have whatever thoughts we want about that. We can make that mean whatever we want to make it mean. We can Mm -hmm. feel however we want to feel about it. And so being able to separate out that the fact is he responded or the fact is he didn't respond, like Mm -hmm. takes away all of that mind drama. Yeah, I love that so much. It's such a really clear way to help people understand how we editorialize things and we choose, you know, how we respond to the emotions around things. And it's the story, like what you're saying, that creates that heightened emotional response. And we have a choice of how we want to tell our story. Right. Yeah. And even in scrolling through the apps, there's a big difference between the fact and the story. Like women will tell me, oh, I met this guy on Bumble and he's all of these things and he's really nice and his family's really important to him and blah, 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 blah. blah. And I'm like, okay, so that's the story you've created in your head about him. What are the actual facts, right? Because there's a big difference between his family's really important to him. And on this app, he says his family's really important to him. So we want to make sure that we're looking at what is an actual fact and what is just the story that we're creating because we want to believe it so badly. Mm, That's really good. Love that. Yeah. So how did you come up with the man funnel technique? It's actually from uh, a job of mine in sales where I had an aggressive boss who kind of gave us all these, he like slammed down these notebooks on the, on the conference table and they had a funnel drawn in them. This was one of my first jobs out of college. And we had to write down all our prospects in the funnel, Melissa. And then I was thinking like, Ooh, 
this is really interesting. Like, oh, only 20% of our prospects in the funnel would be expected to close. And so I was calculating how many I would need to reach my quota that month. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I just started really thinking about this in terms of men. So one of my friends would call to complain about a man. And I'm like, once you're in the analyzation phase, you're not in a good spot. I said, go fill your funnel, go fill your funnel. <laughs> and that's how it started. I've been saying all my friends know this. I mean, we used to, what's so funny is on um, Monday mornings after the weekend, two of my best girlfriends, we would email each other at work. Uh, an email was titled the funnel report. And then we would like put everything <laughs> that was going on with guys. <laughs> like, here's who we have in the funnel. Here's our chance of closing. <laughs> Exactly. The best was like, there was a top of the funnel and then bottom of the funnel, which were like the ones that you really needed to get rid of. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. So how do you know when it's time to move some, like I'm thinking about the shape of a funnel and I'm also thinking of a funnel in terms of what you're talking about, like sales and business. And there are those people who are at the top of the funnel, right? The bigger part that are like, oh, I just kind of met him and I'm barely getting to know him versus the guys that I've been on five dates with are probably a little bit further down the funnel. How do you know when it's time Mm -hmm. to move someone down further on the funnel? Well, I really take the out of, out of sight, out of mind approach, Melissa. So there's two parts of that. When you first start funneling and you're shifting from linear dating to the man funnel, it's really about, you're going to be learning in the man funnel, so many new tools and ways to show up energetically and the way you communicate and how you feel within your body and grounding tools. And just, it goes on and on. So your initial top of the funnel is really for practice and getting on board with certain techniques within the dating model. Um, and so later on, when you get into what I call the state of man funnel flow, where you're really understanding, you're really moving forward, you're understanding the tools, then ultimately you're going to have a lot less people in your funnel and it becomes a focus of quality and the Mm -hmm. quality naturally increases. Um, but initially I do want you to explore more men while you're practicing your tools and allowing the men to disqualify themselves. Like if, (laughs) if someone's, which they're going to do, if someone is not writing to you, um, I'm not having you circle back and reach out unless you really like him. And it's like, you've got nothing to lose. Like I feel the way I have you show up on a date is showing enough admiration, appreciation, warm, energetic vibes where he's feeling seen that you're not going to question like, oh, do I need to reach out because he doesn't think I like him enough, right? Which is a default of what women do whenever a man is slipping through the fingers. They're wondering like if they weren't clear enough on demonstrating their feelings. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the men are just going to disqualify themselves. Um, my general guideline is date at least three, keep the focus on me until I say yes to the commitment I seek. Mm, that's so smart. You can have 10 in your funnel if you want. You just need a, you know, you need a good spreadsheet, but that's really not <laughs> what it's all about. It's about honing in on your tools, learning your criterion. And when you when you're shifting out of that scarcity into abundance just the quality of men starts 
going up and up and up. Like, I don't even want you to meet your man in the first three months, even though that happens a lot. I would love for you to hold out, continue to practice your tools because the men just keep getting better and better. And that's what happened to me. It's exactly what happened to me when Josh came along. Like he was well beyond what I had been dating prior to really tapping into these methods. Yeah. I think you make an important point too, about knowing your criteria, because I do think that the men will disqualify themselves, but only if you are looking for that, (laughs) like you have to know what your, I mean, some of them will just drop off the face of the earth, but others will drop off the face of the earth and then come back a couple of weeks later and, you know, drop Mm -hmm. their line in the water and see if the fish are still biting. And If you don't know what to look for to disqualify them, then it can be easy to get back into that story in your head. That's like, oh, maybe he was just busy and, oh, he said his mom was sick or, you know, whatever the thing is that you have to tell yourself to let them back in, even though they probably should be disqualified. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that for the audience as far as like how they should know or what they should do? Well, I think what you said about making sure that you know exactly what you want and exactly what your timeline is, is super important because that is going to be the filter through which you look at everything that he's doing and all of your interactions with him, right? If you know that you want a husband and he's consistently showing you that he's not husband material, then that's a pretty good sign. (laughs) If you want somebody who's emotionally available and you know exactly what that looks like to you and what you want that to look like in your future relationship, then you know what it looks like when someone doesn't have that. So I always encourage my clients not to just do the like, here's the list of all the characteristics and the features that I want him to have, but really spend some time picturing themselves in that relationship. Like, What does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? What does it smell like? And who are you in that relationship? Because I think when you know that and you have a really clear picture of what that relationship looks like and who you are in it, it's much easier for you to see when someone is not aligned with that. Yeah. I love that. Like who you are within the relationship and and how you feel. That's such a great overarching guiding light. Yeah. Like if I think about my past relationships, I mean, I've been with the same guy for 10 years, so I have to dig back in the depths of my brain, (laughs) but who I was in those relationships is not who I want to be in a relationship. And if I knew that then and could see myself (laughs) clearly, I think I would have wasted a lot less time with the wrong men. thousand percent. That's such a great way to look at it and just feel into it. Who am I with this person? Yeah, 100%. So tell us about the art of nexting. Sure. Well, the art of nexting is it's really not about just getting rid of guys and moving on to Mr. Next, but it is about your vantage point. I want you to keep your eyes forward, not keep looking back at where, where is he? Why isn't he calling? Like I said, when you're in the analyzation phase or stage, it's already not good. Like the man who has strong intentions, as long as you are showing up and doing your, your part. And I've mentioned some of that 
how to do that in, in a very brief snapshot on, on this call already. But it's about focusing on the next option until Mr. Now shows up and is consistently showing up and is proving to you that he wants what you want. And he's demonstrating that and he's trying to get to know you. Okay. Mm -hmm. So until that, it's really the elbow grease that you need to do in your dating process is finding those options. No one else is going to do that for you. Unless of course you're hiring a matchmaker, which I don't think is advantageous until you've done your personal work with someone like Melissa or myself. Otherwise you're throwing money into the garbage can. Mm -hmm. Now I met Josh through a matchmaker, but I had done my personal development and I knew how to orchestrate and turn relationships. I learned how to turn dates into a relationship if I so wanted to. And I was very well practiced at that. So the art of nexting is truly being able to let go if something's not serving you, but you don't have to say it to the men. Like I get asked this all the time. Like, how should I get rid of this one and move on? I'm like, yeah, but you don't need to tell him anything. Just start focusing on Mr. Next because maybe this man does show up and you have the opportunity to express and reset your intentions. And maybe just that reset is is going to be enough for him to say, wow, this is a, this kind of high value woman. And I do want to be this good man, right? Men really fall when they feel inspired to become a better man. And a man can't do that. If you're not expressing your desires, boundaries, and giving him that opportunity to see how he can truly make you happy. So I think what you're saying, I mean, you're saying a lot of things, but the short version of what I'm getting from this that I think women need to hear is that you don't necessarily need to go one by one and have closure with the last one, whatever closure looks like to you. I put it in air quotes, even though no one can see me to have closure with the last one before you move on to the next one. Like it's okay to just leave him in the funnel and continue to devote your time elsewhere. Closure is oftentimes just your innate desire, or I should say need for control. Right. Um, And I know Melissa, you mentioned you have a lot of type A type of following. So it's very hard to let go of this control and sit in the discomfort of the unknown. And part of that is like, you want to close the door on these guys who aren't showing up. Mm -hmm. Right. That is challenging to just leave that door a crack while you're exploring Mr. Next. And that's exactly what I want you to do is get accustomed to that feeling of the discomfort. um, Because those strings that are in your head attached to all these people are, are holding you back. Right. I just want you to explore Mr. Next until one of them becomes the man who's showing up consistently. And then I want you to choose from the men who are in your pool, who are showing up consistency consistently. Those are your candidates, not the one that you're wondering why he went to California and hasn't called. And it's been two weeks like that. That man is not in your candidate pool of whom I want you to be exploring um, right now. If he shows up, then he's, he could be back in your funnel, but you do need to express again and reset intentions and watch and observe and see how he shows up. Yeah. That's really, really smart. And it makes so much sense. Where were you like 15 years ago when I needed you? 
<laughs> if I was doing all the wrong things and I needed me to. <laughs> it's so funny. I don't think I've ever talked to like a dating or relationship coach who's like, oh, I became a relationship coach because I was so good at relationships. All of us are like, nope, I became a relationship coach because I was terrible at it. A thousand percent. That's what, you know, our, our injuries are what drives us to yeah. help others. And, you know, it's so rewarding to be able to now guide you all, um, from making those lengthy and painful mistakes that we made. But of course, as coaches, we realize you still, <laughs> we may show you the way, but it's still important for you to get out there and make your own mistakes. But I see the timeline <laughs> shorten. Yeah. where they go out and they make that mistake again. And then they're like, okay, now I'm doing the thing I'm doing the man funnel or whatever, <laughs> or what have you. <laughs> so right. I love seeing that. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. So before we wrap up, but do you have any final words of wisdom, anything that we haven't touched on? I mean, I'm sure you have a lot that we haven't touched on, but anything that you want to leave our listeners with, if they are like you and I used to be having success in every other area of their lives, but for some reason are not getting the relationship piece to work. Do you have any parting words of wisdom for them? I want you to know that there's just always another chance or opportunity for love for you. So if you're holding on to someone who's not showing up um, for love for you right now, go and look for Mr. Next, go find that man who wants to love you and learn how to accept and enjoy love from a wholesome, consistent, loving man who you can really share your life with. Yeah. That's such good advice. I will put all of your links in the show notes so that everyone can contact you and follow you on Instagram and do all of the things. And thank you so much, Megan, for being on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Melissa. Thanks for listening to the Love Starts Here podcast. For more tips, tools, love and support, be sure to join the Love Starts Here Facebook group. To learn more about how you can work one-on-one with Melissa to take your love and life to the next level, visit www.melissamsnow.com. 